America is in trouble. We've turned our backs on God, forsaking our history, and too easily succumb to tyrannical orders. Our problem seems overwhelming, but the solution is simple. It's time we return to the Lord in strict adherence to the Constitution of the United States. Welcome to the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. We're your hosts, Mark Deluzio and Christy Tyrone. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, welcome to episode 11 of the Constitution Solution, one podcast under God. My name is Mark Deluzio, and you, young lady, are? Christy Tyrone. Okay, I was just checking to make sure you remembered your name. <laughs> today I got it. For once. Got a little technical difficulty earlier today, but we're in good shape <laughs> now. And uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, good to see you, Christy. Um, we're going to, uh, this time around, do a a presentation that I gave that you asked me to give to one of your uh, Christian conservative groups called Salt and Light. And I did that a couple of weeks ago up in uh, Prescott Valley, and it was well-received, I think. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to give that presentation again, because I think it's something that is uh, probably something that many of us don't realize what's going on with our U.S. government and this whole thing called globalism. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I titled this The Communist Manifesto and Its Adoption by the U.S. Federal Government. And that sounds kind of like black helicopter conspiracy theorist, right? And <laughs> you bring uh, but, your tinfoil hat. I got mine. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think when <laughs> I think what happens is when you you see what this presentation is all about, you'll get a different perspective if you're in doubt right now at all. All right. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if you remember the John Birch Society and Robert Welch way back in his late 50s, and he wrote the Blue Book. And if you read that Blue Book today, it was about how the communist movement is taking over our federal government. And I reread that book over and over again. I've highlighted it. And I cannot find one thing that he was wrong about, even though he got called all kinds of names. Of course, he got called a racist even back then. He got called uh, anti-Semite. He was called a a a a nut, a whack job. I mean, go down the list of all the names that uh, you could possibly be called. And uh, when I read the blue book and I go back and look at it, it's 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 right in line with what we're going to talk about today. So I am going to share the presentation, and so people who watch it on YouTube can actually see the presentation and if not don't worry you won't miss a thing if you're listening on on apple podcast or any other medium spotify or whatever so i'm going to share my screen and i'm going to blow up this presentation a bit i hope this works okay oh look at that there it is so yes uh this is uh, a picture of Karl marx if uh, you guys uh, are looking at this on youtube but but anyway the Communist Manifesto is uh, something that was written way back when. We'll talk more about that. But uh, again, I think I think a lot of what's going on today in America in our deviation from the Constitution and from God are, in fact, uh, uh, right in line with this new world order that the globalists are looking to uh, to create. Yeah, it's the total opposite of everything that America's made of. Yeah, and I think you're going to see America is the enemy, right? And 
you know, I'm going to start off, uh, Christy, with a definition of communism. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. A social, political, and economic ideology that seeks to establish a stateless, classless, and moneyless society where every individual is equal and there is no need for wealth accumulation or money since the means of production, distri distribution, and exchange are all owned and controlled by the government. Hmm. Interesting how you could have stateless, moneyless, classless, yet still have a government. Well, yeah, I mean, um, to, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you have to have a government so they can control yeah. you. You know, and, um, and basically what this is, is that they own everything. They have all means of production, all capital, all wealth, your wealth, personal property rights are gone, which as we talked about, I believe in one of our earlier uh, episodes, personal property rights is equivalent to freedom according to the founding fathers. And that's spelled out in all kinds of different documents. Well, and before we um, dig into the, the next um, parts of the slide, I just want to share with everybody that um, if you haven't read the communist manifesto, it's a really short little book. And um, I read it, I think it was about five years ago. And I just want to tell the story about how and why I read it. Um, we had a friend over and he's a younger guy and he's college educated. He's awesome. Awesome guy. Total, totally good friend of ours. Um, and we always just have really deep and meaningful conversations. And amidst one of those conversations, he's kind of started saying some things that were maybe kind of positive about communism. And I was like, Whoa, what about this? And then Sean and I started asking him all these questions, you know, um, to kind of like, why do you like it? And what is it about it? And what, what do we do with this? And who's in charge? And who's, is anybody <laughs> voting? And blah, 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 all the questions. Um, and then after that discussion, I went, you know, home and I, or I went and got the book and I read it and I saw, <laughs> which we'll get into as we go on all the things that are in it and how destructive it is. And so I called him and I was like, man, I read the book. This is wild. What do you think about this in this chapter and that and that? And he was like, oh, I, I haven't read it. <laughs> and his whole opinion and his positive outlook on this book just came from what his professor said in college. And I mean, that's just a perfect picture of how communism works its way in when you, uh, get, how you can get convinced through it by the communist system to think that their ideas are great. You know, it's funny, you know, I just was with a young lady who, uh, was going to the university. Of, well, I won't say where she's going, but um, I can't defame too many colleges because they're all doing it for the most part, almost yeah. all of them. But she was convinced that this was the way to go, communism, uh, that our constitution was outdated. It was written by a bunch of old white men who were slave owners. And uh, I said to her, I said, you're just parroting what you've been told. You don't have an original thought on this. Okay. She's only, you know, she's young and, you know, 20, 21. You don't have an original thought on this. And by the way, the Constitution is not a suggestion, it's the law. <laughs> you know, whether you like it or not matters not. It's, it's our law. And without law, we don't have a society. And so, uh, but she was fed a line. I didn't convince her, by the way. But she was fed a, a line of garbage 
from her professors. Mm-hmm. And it's just unbelievable when you take ignorance and arrogance and put them together. Yeah, well, and I think too, part of what makes this um any any kind of positive argument for communism is in reading the book, it was kind of fascinating to see that the initial problem that they're addressing is a legitimate problem that happens between people because we're fallen people and we, you know, of greed and, and lust of power and all these all these issues we do have. Um, so you can start reading and think, oh, oh yeah, that's bad. That's bad. And a professor can convince convince you that that's going on and that's not nice. But the solution is no solution at all. It's just further destruction and chaos. And um, well, I, I think you'll see too, Chrissy. We've been talking about this, you and I, offline too. It takes it takes work to be a conservative. Yeah, <laughs> it, it takes critical thought and really thinking through because things aren't as obvious as uh, some of these posters might make make them right. Mm-hmm. So, so just wanted to start with a definition here, Christy of. Mm-hmm of communism so people kind of know that hey look it's when the government owns everything all means of production and basically that's it i mean good good luck climbing any kind of social ladder or financial ladder because the ladders don't exist yep you're stuck in the pit communism does not work without lies Mm -hmm. and uh vladimir lenin who is one of the key proponents and implementers of Marxism had a quote that said, a lie told often enough becomes the truth. People just start believing it. Okay, now, Christy, as we go through this, I want the listeners to think about today. I want them to think about, is anything that we're saying here, are there any parallels to what's going on today in our own U.S. government? either at the federal, at state, or at the local level, okay? And 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 just think about all of this. Think about some of the things that we've been told that have become gospel, whether it be climate change, believe in the science, uh, the whole— Pay their fair share. Well, you know, the pay your fair share actually was way back in the early 1900s when— uh, yeah. They put the income tax in. A lot of Americans wanted the income tax because they thought the the government actually convinced Americans, I think we talked about this on a previous episode, that they were getting ripped off by the rich. And that is, by the way, a tenet of Marxism. All right. Yeah, and you start so, to really see all the ways it, it's weave, it's woven its way into so many different facets of our society. Oh, yeah. oh, and by the way, this book came out in 1848. So that's about when these thoughts kind of hit the scene and have spread throughout the land since then yeah so what are the tactics of communists now does any of this sound familiar to you and again i I challenge you to think about today violent revolution through class warfare propaganda propaganda that proletariats will rule the government so in marxism and especially with stalin he had the working class called the proletariats and the bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie, bourgeoisie <laughs> uh, the capitalists or the ruling class, basically anybody with any kind of wealth, even yeah. your middle class, okay? <laughs> and the whole idea was pitting those two groups against each other, the ruling class, if you will, the capitalists versus the working class. And he thought, you know, you know, the propaganda of the working class needed to rule the government big psychological mistake he made there in that he thought that 
that group would be pure and uncorruptible, right? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is wrong too. Um, how about destroying the family unit? Oh, mothers in the workforce. That. Yeah, mothers in the workforce mm -hmm. and children in public schools, right? Free criminal. Yeah, they want. Oh, sorry, I can go oh, okay. on about that. But okay, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was just that's a big part of it. When I was reading it, I was surprised to see that um, in destroying the family unit, they had the really big push for what we now know as you know feminism and getting the mothers out of the home was one of the driving force. They knew that if they could get mothers out of the home and into the workforce, one. They pay more taxes and two, then the children are left alone and um, put into state run schools where the children are free from their mother's care and protection, where they can just put whatever they want into their minds and make good little communists out of the children without um, parental uh, guidance and protection. And it was when I was reading this too, it was right during before 2020, before the summer of love and the BLM riots. So watching all this play out at the time right. was like, oh, it's happening. And with the, the family unit at that time, BLM had on their website that they were out to dismantle the nuclear family. It said it right there on their website, which they have since scrubbed because too many people caught on. But yeah, Chrissy, that's Chrissy you sound like yeah. a, a conspiracy theorist. Shame yeah, on. I got more than a hat now. I got more than the tinfoil hat. <laughs> I got a ball gown now, right? <laughs> well, let's, let's move on with the list, okay? So okay. destroy the family unit. Uh, free criminals and legalized theft from the rich, right? That's happening in California, big time. Nine hundred fifty dollars. Well, now mm -hmm. they're not even—they're not even abiding that. Now they just broke into no. was it Nordstrom's and stole thousands of dollars mm -hmm. of high-class, uh, you know, uh, designer pocketbooks. I think it was Nordstrom's, one of those stores. Um, yeah, free criminals. Well, those, whole, yeah, steal from individuals too. One of our friends in in California, they broke into his shop and stole some of his doom buggies. And, and crashed him some guys and the guy like crashed went to the hospital so they knew who he was and he did forty thousand dollars worth of damage to this man's private property of his you know self-run business and zero payback zero repercussions i can imagine one of those thieves got into an accident <laughs> and then yeah. sued this and then sued the store yeah i'm surprised he didn't <laughs> do that don't think yet. it's that don't think it's that crazy okay <laughs> right um but freeing criminals is happening all the time, and and we mm -hmm. know we know what's going on. Again, go down this list and look at the parallels to what's going on today. Okay, the next one is an interesting one, and if you can, if you deny this one, then we can just shut the shut the podcast off uh, out there and uh, just go and watch uh, Saturday morning cartoons because this one here, uh, you can't deny this one. Abolish God, all religions and related organizations, and let's let's think about this. Taking God out of the schools, taking God out of our courtrooms, taking uh, crosses down uh, on mountaintops that are honoring the men and women who've died for our country. Uh, if you think about, uh, we we closed we we closed churches during COVID, but left WalMarts open. Okay, so uh, and there's countless other you know nativity scenes you hear about that every Christmas. For the last, I don't know how many decades I've heard about it, how uh, we are attacking uh, nativity scenes and they're uh, unconstitutional and and all this stuff, right? So, uh, and, and the misnomer about separation of church and state, which is, uh, which is not in the Constitution. And we will be doing a podcast on that one, Christy, down the line. So this abolished God is a fundamental, along with the destroying the family unit, 
that, well, and because uh, it's something that they cannot control, it's something they cannot touch. And as our founders often said, that um, the the most important of private property is the sovereignty of thought. And then, um, so if they can't, it's something they can't get their hands on. You know, that's part of you they can never control. And so, and since they know they can't control it they just try to talk you out of it and that's where those lies come in and they can just convince you that there is no god and get them get get you to kick god out of your own heart then they they don't have to worry about trying to take it from you because they can't and 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 they and, and what they want you to do is they want you to uh to to worship the government not any yes. other deity okay mm-hmm. economic control Nationalizing banks, industry, agriculture, enter the Federal Reserve in uh, in what was it, uh, 1913, enter controlling money and what they want to do with digital currency. Okay, uh, Christy, going back to what you said earlier, reconstruct education on the basis of scientific materialism, which basically means no higher authority or God can be taught, and you must worship the state. Okay, that mm-hmm. goes right along with that earlier one. Exterminate the undesirables. Not very no. nice. Well, Margaret Sanger is a is a a hero in the progressive movement, and as we know, Margaret Sanger with eugenics and how Adolf Hitler used her theories to exterminate the Jews in World War II. Christy, I think yeah, you he- should probably someday do a separate episode just on Margaret Sanger and the whole yeah. eugenics in in uh, Planned Parenthood uh, uh, movement. I would, I would like to do that because there's so much there that is little little discussed and very disgusting. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, uh, confiscate guns. That's not going on today, is it? That they want to take our guns away, right? Yeah, they want you to be able to protect yourself so then they can once again control you. It's all about control. And what's interesting, too, because during 2020, during the summer of love, when all the riots were happening, um, the gun sales were like through the roof, right? Like people were buying guns all over the place, especially in the big cities. And you saw that a lot of people who were um, previously anti-gun or pro-gun control all of a sudden were like, I want to buy a gun. And they were like, OK, you got to do your background check and you got to wait your 10 days and all the stuff. They're like, it's so hard to buy a gun. It's like, yeah, this is what you've done to us. You know, at the every year <laughs> up, in, up in Vegas. uh there's the uh, the shot show, which is the biggest gun show in the country, up in Las Vegas. In one year, they had a big. When Obama was president, they had a huge banner when you walked in this huge, huge conference center, and it had a picture of Obama, and it said, "Congratulations to the nation's number one gun salesman." <laughs> okay, and uh, you yeah. can't, you know, I mean, that's, and I think Biden probably outweighed him because he had not only covid you had biden and you had black lives matter so you had all that going on at the same time last two here is uh control the media uh that's not going on right and uh yeah and censor and eliminate free speech freedom of expression and assembly so so i'm i'm a personal example of this where i got banned on linkedin for life you were linked out remember you said that i was linked out I had thousands and thousands of global followers in my industry. I'm kind of a little bit of a rock star. And uh, they went back when I was running for Congress, Christy, in June of last year, 
back into seven months earlier in the previous year and found something I wrote. And I wrote, the COVID vaccine is not a vaccine. And they said, misinformation, we're banning you from LinkedIn, you're gone, okay? And by the way, it's not a vaccine. The CDC changed the definition, but let's, facts don't matter, right? Um, but they will they will silence you, and so many have been silenced. My friend Kevin Jackson, uh, who uh, got banned off of Fox News and also got banned from like, from Facebook, he had millions of followers. Okay, and and this is what's going on now. People say, well, what about your First Amendment rights? Well. If the government's not silencing you, it's not any a Facebook or a a LinkedIn can do this. However, if the government, if they're doing it at the behest of the government, it is a First Amendment violation. Okay. And there's a lot more to that freedom of speech thing uh again that we'll be talking about at, at future future episodes. So does but any of this whole the, the yeah. whole thing relies on lies all of communism is built on lies so the last thing they want you to do is speak the truth well there you go okay and world leaders if you look at the world leaders they would all agree that communism is good they agree with some of these college students you know you look at hitler you look at uh, uh Kol Pot, you look at Mao Zedong you look at Putin Stalin Lenin Castro I mean go down the list right now there may be a hundred to two hundred million people that would disagree with the fact that communism is good. Although we can't get their opinion because they're not here to talk to. It's estimated between 102 million people died at the behest of communism. They still don't know the numbers. Okay. And uh, it might even be higher. Who knows? But, but so communism has killed more people and this will tie back into the globalist thought later when I talk about is communism a useful idiot for a globalist? And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Now, there are 10 planks, Christy, that we talked about when we did this together. You and I, you and I put this together in, uh, up in Prescott Valley. And uh, I'm just going to read the, the 10 planks. Abor- number one, abortion of property and land and rents. Two, a heavy, a heavy or graduated income tax. Oh, we're not doing that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Abolition of inheritance rights. There are states that that tax inheritance. I think there's six. Confiscation, number four, confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels. Five, nationalization of banking and credit. Six, centralization of means of communication and transport. Seven, factories and means of production owned by the state. Eight, industrial armies and equal liability for all of all labor. Nine, abolish, uh, abolish distinction between town and country. They don't want local and town governments. Okay. Ten, free education. Combine education and industrial production. That's your controlling of that. Now, I'm going to talk about four, five, one, two, three, four. I'm going to talk about half of these, five of these right now. I'm going to go to all of them right now. But the Communist Manifesto was written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels in 1848. Okay. And um, I saw when I was doing a little research for this episode, I saw that um, Frederick Engels at one point, somebody asked him a, a question about who's your least favorite person. And his answer was Charles Spurgeon, who's like the well-known, you know, pastor of our time and of that time. 
And so that was just really went to show how much they hated Christianity and the Christian faith and were specifically out to wage war with, with the Christians. Yeah. Well, not a fan, were they? Mm -mm. So those are the 10 planks. Okay. Now let's just talk about plank number one, abolition of all property and land and application of all rents of land to the public. Now, Let's talk about, why don't we do a tag team on this, Christy? Uh, we got mm. a government example and a biblical conflict, okay? The government example, just, just some of the examples of what our federal government is doing. The Waters of the United States Act. On, all these are unconstitutional, by the way. Antiquities Act of 1906. They're using that to confiscate land by declaring a... Uh, location, either historical or si for scientific reasons. Biden has a 30 by 30 initiative that says the federal government will own 30% of all of our land by 2030. And he just did it now up in, up in the, uh, in the Grand Canyon where using the Antiquities Act declared uh, the site up there, a scientific uh, uh, property and closed off part of the Grand Canyon because of uranium. He also used it in, using it in in uh, in in uh, cattle uh, herding, where because of flatulence coming from cattle, he is using the Antiquities Act to confiscate land from cattle ranchers. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's and and I'm I'm like, where is Congress on this? in, you know, writing laws and articles of impeachment to, to, to pro pro prohibit this. This is a, a pure violation of uh, an abuse of the law. The Do you EPA remember the, yep. the, Bundy, the Bundy Ranch situation that happened? Yes. I, that was like, I can't remember all the details. We should do a whole episode on that one day. Sean has followed that really closely. And I'm like, yeah, that was talking about taking your private property. Th there are so many. Yeah, there are so many things like that, uh, Christy. Uh, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, which the mandates they have in terms of grabbing land and not allowing you to build on your own land because of the salamander or whatever they're trying to protect today. The EPA is a totally unconstitutional agency. So is the CDC. Uh, they had COVID rent restrictions. You couldn't evict somebody with during COVID. Your own property, if you're a landlord, you couldn't evict anybody if they didn't pay the rent. Well, guess what they did? They didn't pay the rent. And guess what happened? The landlord couldn't pay his mortgage and he lost his house. Okay. Uh, Biden's 30 by 30. I talked about local taxation penalties, zoning regulations, and there's, oh, there's a million more that, that fall into this category. These are only some of the examples. Now, the biblical conflicts, Christy, yeah. there's, there's many, okay, but <laughs> we, we have a couple on this slide. Um, yeah, we have just here the basics in the Ten Commandments, um, thou shall not steal, and thou shall not covet thy neighbor's goods, which if you could steal it, that means someone else owns it, right? So therefore, uh, honoring private property. And there's all kinds of stories in the Bible about you know, God's people attaining the land and how to pass down their inheritances and whatnot. So um, it's very important to have that and to protect that. And that's definitely a, a tenant of, you know, Christianity in the Bible 
And that's something our founding fathers built upon with our founding documents and the way our government is structured to protect that. And now and here we are with all those things that you just listed going on that oppose this. Christy, I got, I got pushed back on this uh, on, on, on this presentation saying that, you know, um, the Constitution doesn't mention God but once, not once, right? And that was by design. That was by design because the founders did not want, they wanted the people to be in charge. No deity and no government, right? And that was by design. However, if you look at the founding papers, the Federalist Papers, you look at the Declaration of Independence, we were founded on a Christian basis, right? And I think we said 95% back then of our population was Christian. Now, of course, now we're probably around 62 63%, and we have other faiths, okay? But overall, though, it, our, our country was founded on the basis of morality and God, and uh, and and just because God is not mentioned in the Constitution does not mean the framework was centered upon that, right? Well, and, the, the Bible was the number one resource in building the Constitution. Yeah. It was, and it was used four times more than any other um, backing source they used. So that was definitely the top dog in, in building the stuff. And then, um, but they also didn't want to be ruled over by a state religious king, because that's kind of what they just escaped. But however, exactly. the, states had, the mm. states had a lot more of that religious intertwining with their governments going on, but the feds weren't trying to like get involved in all of that. No, yeah, everything right. that's structured is Bible based. You're right, and they wanted to avoid what they what you just said, what they uh, fought against in, in from England, right? So, uh, anyway, again, this is why this type of thing requires critical, deep thinking, and it, it requires some work. Not just look at, hey, I don't see God in the Constitution. That means it's not based on the Constitution. Hey, where all those ideas come from? Think a little deeper, and you'll find God in all of it. My God, that's a that's <laughs> a a intellectually lazy, uh, yeah. low resolution uh, effort you'd put in if that's what you concluded just by, you know, not seeing the word God in in the Constitution. So, okay, so that's plank number one. Plank number two: a heavy or progressive income tax. Hmm. The Sixteenth Amendment came in in 1913, unfortunately, and uh, gave Congress the power to tax our income. Now, people still say this is unconstitutional so for the simple reason that there is another amendment, which is a violation, oh, not an amendment, but a violation of Article 1, Section 8, that says the taxation of the people needs to be in proportion to the population. The 16th mm -hmm. Amendment is not because they are taxing you based on your income, not on the population and the needs of each state. Okay. So we have a very heavy tax. Now we have FICA, which includes Social Security and Medicare, which if you really go back to the Constitution, this may not sound good if you're a politician, it's an unconstitutional tax. And the whole program is unconstitutional. Okay. So uh, now we have graduated rates up to 37%. They were higher before. Uh, and at one time they were up to, I think, 90 percent at one point when Reagan was was president. But we have a graduated progressive income tax and uh, that coupled with the whole Federal Reserve, which we'll talk about, 
uh, just allows an open checkbook for Congress to spend money and uh, continue to, to ruin us economically. Now, in the biblical conflict, Christy? Here we have from Luke uh, 3, 12, and 13, collect no more than what you've been ordered to do. So I believe this is where John the Baptist is baptizing all the new guys that are interested. And uh, after they get baptized, they're like, what are we going to do now? You know, how do we do this? And um, when he told the tax collectors was collect mo no more than what you've been ordered to do. So it's obviously the tax is there. Nobody liked the tax collector. Everybody kind of knew that, but it's your job. And so just be be fair and be reasonable in that. And <laughs> there's all kinds of other stories in the Bible about taxes too. Like back in, uh, I believe it's in Kings when, uh, yeah, King Solomon's son takes reign and he's Robom. I can't say his name. And you know, you read something to yourself and you have it figured out and then you have to say it and you're like, wait a minute, I don't know how to say that. Um, but he's um, new on the scene and the people are like, hey, you're taxing us too much. We don't like it. And then his older uh, council, they're like, hey, you know, you should maybe lower the tax and go easier on the people. But then the younger guys at his council, they were like, no, 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 tax them more. They should well, probably pay their fair share, you know. And so we ended up taxing them more. And then that's when the, the tribes split up. And um, I think it was the other 10 left and become then the house of Israel. And then you have um, Judah and Benjamin stayed behind and endured the, the taxes. But so like even in the Bible with the tribes, you have a split over tax disputes. So it's always hey, if, I, if I recall, though, Solomon only wanted to tax people 10 percent. And it's like, hey, let's put yeah. him in. Let's put him in as king. <laughs> yeah, they're taking way more than that now. <laughs> he wasn't that greedy. Well, you know, again, I think the, the tax collectors in the Bible got all a bad rap simply because they abused their power. Mm -hmm. That's not going on now. The government's not abusing their power by violating our constitution and overtaxing us. Even well, that's the, the thing. Level. Like, I think we all kind of know, like taxes are going to be a thing. You know, and in America, we do vote for them. You know, on what, how much, and on what, and where it's supposed to go. But it shouldn't be so much. Well, look, it's kind of wild. We will do this, of course, uh, down the line. We're going to talk about the federal budget and how some, at least fifty, if not more, percent of our budget is unconstitutional okay from a from a, a federal perspective which means our taxes are that much higher too right so okay so progressive income tax geez that's happening today plank number yep. two of the communist manifesto uh abolition of all rights of inheritance inheritance there are six states that levy inheritance taxes right now 13 states levy estate taxes all these states are Democratic-run, okay? Uh, estate taxes range from 18 to 40% over $13 million of assets. Now, uh, my son Stephen had a fiancé, uh, Lisa, who, who uh, 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 you know, uh, when my son was killed, he left, he left her, you know, his insurance and all that. But her father runs this nice, beautiful farm. I don't know what it's worth, but let's just say it's, it's a lot of land. And let's say the land is worth, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe $10 million. I have no idea what it's worth, but it could be up that high. And she, when he, if, if she, he passes the land on to her, she has no liquid assets to pay the, 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 uh, uh, estate tax on it. So she'll have to sell the land, collect the money, pay the estate tax and move on. She won't be able to keep that farm in her family 
because of the estate tax that Connecticut and other in the, the federal government has as well. So again, confiscation, this is all about confiscation of your property, including heavy taxation on your income. That's your property. Okay. So, uh, which that's wild too, because a friend of ours pointed that out because he, he lives up the street here and he bought the, the land, a barren lot. And over the years, he's, you know, added, he did the septic and brought power in. Eventually, they built the house and, you know, lived in a little trailer the whole time till their house was built. Big, big, beautiful house now. But now his property tax went up. So it's like because of his labor, because he poured his life savings into this property, now they get more money just because. You know, uh, how, how death, how death, by the way, is a taxable uh, event is beyond me. But yeah. anyway, hey, look, with with uh, with the climate change, the progressives have learned how to tax air. So <laughs> I guess I guess if they could do that, they could tax death. Right. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> but uh, the biblical conflict on this and there's many. But again, we just have one listed here. Um, so from Proverbs thirteen twenty two, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Of course, you want to inherit to them your wisdom and love of the Lord, first of all. But when you build and make something for yourself, it's nice to be able to pass it on to your kids and then they can build on it. And that's one of the things that made America so appealing to the rest of the world and why so many people have immigrated here since we've begun our nation is because that that idea that you can make something out of nothing and build right. something to pass down to your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends lives in California in a surprisingly conservative pocket there. But yeah, her grandfather did just that. And he bought three properties in their little town and um, developed them, built little houses on them. And now his he's passed. He's um, passed them down to his daughters. And then they've been able to pass them on to their kids. And so my friend and her, her sons are now, you know, living in one of the houses and I'm like, that's so cool. That's, that's the American dream, you know? So like they have something to pass on from generation to generation where they have a home, they have something secure to hold on to and to build on. And that's, that's really hard to do nowadays. I think we it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a lot harder. And again, mm-hmm. there's a biblical conflict here in what the government's doing. Surprise, surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Plank five. Um, uh, Centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and an exclusive monopoly. Okay, we've done or we're going to do a whole thing on the Federal Reserve. Uh, That was an act in 1913. And the elimination of the gold standard by Richard Nixon. I think in a previous podcast, I I said it was Gerald Ford. It's uh, actually Nixon that nixed it. But the degradation of the gold standard was happening with previous presidents too all took roles in different fashions in terms of getting this out and without the gold standard we have no we can we can expand the money supply by printing money because the gold standard of course was just a, a standard that said hey we can't have more money in circulation as a government higher than our gold reserves all right once the gold standard was taken off that gave the federal reserve an open checkbook to start uh, printing money. So if you start to wonder why in the 70s, for those of you who are around, why things were so much cheaper than they are today, it's because of that very reason the gold standard went away. We expended the money supply, which is the definition of inflation, which then devalued the currency, which is why your groceries go up in the stores because of inflation. So think about what a loaf of bread cost back in 1975, for example, versus what it costs now. All right. 
It's not because wheat became more expensive. It's because our money became less valuable. All right. And that's what happened. So uh, with the move now of a, uh, a digital currency and controlling our money supply in that regard, the government can do all kinds of crazy things like they're doing in China with social credit scores and all that, where they can actually bribe you or coerce you for either spending money or saving money based on their whim. Okay. So anyway, uh, uh, and of course, taking money and using it for unconstitutional purposes, like the tuition reimbursement program that Biden wanted to do and still may try to do despite the Supreme Court ruling. Um, anyway, there's all kinds of abuses going on in this regard. So in, uh, you know, Christy. Um, for the biblical conflict, um, we have Romans 4, 4 wages like debt owed must be paid. Um, <laughs> there's once again, a lot of spiritual, uh, stuff going on there, you know, um, sin is death and life is forever eternal in Christ Jesus. But we have, um, just in your daily life too, in Habakkuk, there's a quote about, um, when you owe money or a verse about, you know, when you owe your debtors will collect, you'll become plundered to your debtors. Like you don't want to owe, you do not want to owe to these people. And, and so many people nowadays are in this debt and debt of these people. And then they own you, you know? And um, when it's just this big conglomerate monopoly now, it's not like you just owe your neighbor or just owe your bank. It's you are in deep and you're helping really in a lot of ways to fund your own destruction. And they just reach so far into everything that it's gotten so out of control. Well, I think you said in the previous podcast, uh, if, if the federal government takes from one and gives to another, they own and control both. Okay. And, and that's exactly what they want. And that's why, it was unconstitutional and the general welfare clause in the constitution gets misinterpreted all the time, even by the Supreme court. But the general welfare clause is not because for charity. And I think we did talk about that in a previous episode. So uh, again, all this kind of ties together, doesn't it, Christy? Yeah. Then you, um, Oh, plank 10. We have one more. Ooh, this my uh, favorite yeah, one point. more plank. We're going to do plank 10. Uh, I should let you take this one. I mean, <laughs> free education for all children in public schools. By the way, I I won't tell who it was, but they said, hey, yeah, our education is free here. Our public school education is free. Are you kidding me? Some of the towns oh, that no, we, no, no. you look at the towns and the budgets for education, they're, they're funded by taxes. There's no such thing as free education. But anyway, the plank says, free education for all children in public schools. Abolition of children's factory labor in, in its present form, combination of education and industrial production. Okay. And and again, taking out God from the school in what they call teaching scientific, uh, uh, which basically means just what you need to make the state run. Okay. Uh, and, and nothing more, nothing else. And in the government examples, we have now have the Federal Department of Education, originally started by Andrew Johnson in 1867. He signed the legislation, yeah. but really was enacted officially by a cabinet position in 1979 by, uh, by Jimmy Carter. And it's a formal agency. There is nothing in the Constitution, and we talked about this earlier with enumerated powers, that in, the, in the, what we call the three-letter agencies that allow the federal government to have a say in our education at all that is supposed to be per the states per the 10th amendment right 
uh, that if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, it's left to the states or to the people. And no, nope. and there yep. there was though in the beginning a sentiment of wanting the children of the nation to be educated as to understanding the 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 heart of our founding of our country obviously to be closer to god and educated in the bible none of it was like forcing it down their throats but there was an overall talking like benjamin rush one of our founders he was very into seeing that happen noah webster my buddy he was all about that uh, i think thomas jefferson um was really into like getting more lessons on the Bible and into the the schools. And, but none of this, these things weren't like forced through federal government. It was just the idea that that these people had where they were like, this is so important because they knew that the importance of keeping this nation alive came along with an understanding of the Bible and God's laws and ordinances. I think they also knew Christy that they couldn't trust the government to, to control education at the Mm -hmm. federal level because you Mm -hmm. have very little power at the local level to control it, right? And that's happening now, right? With all yeah, the- and then what we had happen in, um, and I want to do more research on this, so I won't go too deep into it, plus for the sake of time, but um, it was in the mid-1800s when Horace Mann comes on the scene, and he was very involved in local politics in Massachusetts, and he ended up starting the first publicly funded taxpayer funded schools um that were secular (laughs) that word um and he was a humanist and he wanted he actually wanted to get god out of all of the education because he knew that um he knew that faith just like the communists faith was the antithesis of their little humanist movement and so in order to get their message passed they had to get god out of the hearts of the people and the best way to do that was through the children so and it's when you showed us here that andrew johnson signed that legislation in 1867 that was like oh i need to you know there's probably some connections there that started happening right around time and the biblical conflict on this one we found was what we have Proverbs 1.8, hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. There's so much in the Bible about this. Um, we're reading Deuteronomy right now in our Wednesday night Bible studies. And there's just so many comments about teaching God's law to your children and, and ingraining it on their hearts. And when you're walking down the path and, you know, before you lie down at night and when you wake up in the morning. And so it's a parent's duty to teach their children. That's where education starts. And when, since we've been convinced by these communists through all their lies to put them in the these public education system, um, we've really just signed them off to the state and, um, you know, um, outsourced our number one responsibility. Called control. Called control. Christy, we only did five of the 10 planks. So maybe on another uh, podcast, we'll do the other five, right? Uh, We did that out of brevity for the because there's a lot here, right? And we could talk forever about all of these. But if you go back now, uh, and I'm showing a slide for you that are not watching on YouTube, a globalist organizations for a what we call a one world government. And I'm going to read it really quick. we got an international criminal court. By the way, Ruth Bader Ginsburg once said, we need to interpret the Constitution based on international law. She sure. should have been impeached for that. Uh, International Business Council, United Nations, European Union, International Forum on Globalization, World Trade Organization, 
World Social Forum, Global Citizens Movement, International Workmen's Association, Paris Climate Agreement, Conference on Disarmament. Armament. Can you imagine that one? That one there in relation mm -hmm. to our Second Amendment? Now, the next four I'm going to talk about are what I consider probably the the, the most deadliest. And there's, by the way, there's, there's, there's tens and scores more of these type of organizations out there. But here they are. World Health Organization, International Money Fund, World Economic Forum, and the Council on Foreign Relations. Those four are deadly. And if you're looking at the slide, I've got them circled in a red circle to show how deadly they are. Now, let's talk about this World Economic Forum. Our friend, uh, <laughs> Klaus, <laughs> Chrissy's screaming at the screen. If you know, Anyone that can't see, it's a picture of Klaus Schwab, and I booed him. That's my raw reaction. <laughs> well, let's, let's listen to what he said at his last conference. The World Economic Forum is releasing a new Davos Manifesto. Davos is where they hold their conference. A Davos Manifesto. Manifesto. Think about that. Interesting mm -hmm. choice of words which states that companies should pay their fair share of taxes so show zero tolerance for corruption. Isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? Show zero tolerance for corruption, uphold human rights throughout their global supply chains, and advocate for a competitive level playing field. Now, all that sounds so agreeable until you really find out what this Davos Manifesto really means, Okay. This clown thinks he's smarter than you, and along with all his merry men and women that join him every year at this WEF, World Economic Forum, and they want to be able to control you and basically have a one-world government. Uh, that's what they're all about. Now, let's just talk about notable quotes. They're not even hiding these quotes, and I'm going to read them real quick, okay, that were said at the World Economic Forum at various times. Schwab said, China is a role model for other nations. How's that grab you? Schwab also said, ESG scores are necessary for stakeholder capitalism. He called stakeholder capitalism. Uh, <clears throat> environmental social governance scores, ESG. They idolize Greta Thunberg and has reminded us that adherence to the current economic system represents a betrayal of future generations. That's okay. Schwab again, okay? A 13-year-old they idolized, okay? Yeah. A guy named Mark Beneff says, capitalism as we know it is dead. Uh, our buddy Schwab again says, business leaders must all uphold their duty to society and move beyond their legal ob obligations. Angela Merkel Capitalist uh, extraordinaire. I mean, uh, I should say communist extraordinaire. The whole way we do business will have to change. Neil Ferguson. Capitalism is the worst of all economic systems. Dambisa Mayo. It's a government's responsibility first and foremost to create an environment where corporations will behave. According to who? Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to set those rules? Okay. Um. John, um, my favorite John, my favorite little cap. Uh, I keep calling him capitalist. My favorite little uh, communist, John Kerry. When you start to think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, a select group of human beings, 
are able to sit in a room and actually talk about saving the planet. Mm. I mean, these guys are so brilliant. And if you don't believe me, ask John Kerry how brilliant he thinks he and others are in that group. It's unbelievable. They fly flying on their private jets to talk about saving the planet. Save the planet. Yeah, exactly. John Kerry also said, so how do we get there? This is the last one that he just they just did this year. This is this is a true quote now. I'm not making this up. John Kerry said, so how do we get there? It's money, 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 money. End of quote. Let's see, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. He said money seven times. Okay. Now, if you know how, and Al Gore is sitting right there applauding him. Uh, and Al Gore was, you know, uh, how did a public servant make the kind of money he made? Okay. Now, it's Thermoplite. It's Agincourt. It's Dunkirk. This is the Battle of the Bulge. This is 9-11, Al Gore says, comparing climate change to all these tragic events. Okay. And by the way, climate change is, as we talked about, Christy, a method of controlling and sucking up money from our governments to, uh, and when Trump pulled out of the Paris Accords, I was like, wow, what a move. Phenomenal. He pulled out of the WHO, the World Health Organization. He, w- I think, if he had been elected president, he would have pulled out of the United Nations, which, and rightfully so, he put pressure on Angela Merkel. For you know that Germany doesn't have an army, a standing army. Oh, they have an army, but it, all it's a titular army. There's no, they're not a fighting force. Germany, okay. Angela yeah. Merkel put all of her money into social programs and allowed all kinds of illegal immigrants into her country. They do not have a fighting army in Germany. So unsustainable right? these plans. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a true. That's true. And Trump put pressure. Say he's supposed to put two percent of GDP into your military if you're going to be a NATO uh, player. And 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 most of those countries were not doing that, especially her. Okay. Now, if you ever doubt of the mainstream media's collusion with the globalist agenda, hopefully this will change your mind. And what I'm showing on the screen is the person of the year. Let's go through it. You got Obama. Tell you, Time Time Magazine person of the year. Time Magazine, I'm sorry. Putin, Hitler, <laughs> Bernie Sanders, Al Gore, Angela Merkel, and of course our favorite Greta Thunberg. Okay. So great, great, ever... great people all around. <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, this is just a sample, Chrissy, because I didn't have enough room on my screen to show the others. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if you don't think this is real. Let's look at some of our presidents. Like, for example, George Herbert Walker Bush Bush wrote an article on the New World Order. To the National Security Strategy of the United States, he wrote a preface called The New World Order. All right? Anybody Uh that thinks the Republicans are the good guys, watch out. (laughs) Our buddy Joseph Biden wrote How I Learned to Love the New World Order. Okay. H.G. Wells talked about the New World Order way back when and warned us about it, right? Although, you know, H.G. Wells was a socialist. Um, And, of course, Castro demands a New World Order. And this is just some of the people that have done this. Now, now, the Council on Foreign Relations, if you go on and look who's into that 
organization, it will blow your mind as to who's in there. Okay. Um, once again, the whole biblical conflict is if, if anybody remembers the story of the Tower of Babel, when everybody got together and all the nations came together and they were going to build a tower to heaven and they're going to be more powerful than God. And God tore the tower down and separated everybody and sent them each their own ways, showing that God likes small government. He doesn't, it's nothing but trouble when everybody gets together like this and tries to be the most powerful. Yeah, how did that work out, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's some questions, Christy, I think we've asked people to ask themselves, right? Yeah. Do you see similar similarities between the globalist movement, the Communist Manifesto, and what the federal government of the United States of America is pulling off on us today? Okay. I see direct parallels. Do you think our elected officials are knowledgeable about what's going on in this area? No. Hard no. I think some are, but I think some, <laughs> well, I think some are being played, right? Yeah. Some of them are being played for sure. You have a mix probably of uninformed and, I mean, I see that here locally, a mix of uninformed and then a mix of people that are just like bought and paid for and doing what, you know. No, yeah, spend no most right. of the time on Anheuser-Busch uh, uh, beer uh, issues and, and things that, you know, are just distractions uh, from what's really going on. Which elected officials are part of this scheme? Okay. And I say, trust nobody. All right. Number one. Yeah. But, you know, again, I think you heard me say on the campaign trail when somebody would say to me, Mark, how can we trust you? I said, why the heck would you trust me in a, me being a politician? I don't want you to trust me. I want you to hold me accountable. Okay. And if I don't do what I say I'm going to do, kick my butt out of office in two years. But don't trust a politician. My, why do we do that? Why do we trust these guys? We got to hold them accountable. Right. The every election cycle, oh, it's the most important, and we're all going to die if we don't get these people in. And it's like, why? Right. They're going to save your day? Like, no, we need to be a part of, we need to actively It's the most important of election of our, our lifetime. And it's, uh, oh yeah, if we don't, if we don't give, I just got one the other day from a congressman here in Arizona. If we don't give today, it, it's over, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's what yeah. I say. Yeah, it's over. Do you think the vicious attacks and hoaxes as with with the Russian collusion hoax, the hoax of climate change, the vicious attacks on our president, as well as the impeachment attempts against President Trump are a result of this, his anti-globalist agenda? If you think about it, he was against the military industrial complex. He was against the United Nations. He called fall on NATO. He called fall on the Paris Accords, he uh, uh, called foul on uh, the WHO, the World Health Organization, and so forth and so on, right? Uh, do you think those attacks are generated from that? I happen to think they are, okay? Yeah, I think so. Do you think those who support socialism and communism are useful idiots for the globalist? I thought yes. a lot about this, right? I mean, a communist state Let's say it's Cuba. Let's say it's China. Let's say it's Russia. Well, they all have their own organizations, and that's not a one world government, is it? So you got to think, maybe the communists themselves are useful idiots for the Schwabs of the world and these globalists that are using communism. Oh, yeah. Like communism are using college students, you know, because you remember, socialism is just an entree into communism, right? Uh, so... You know, there's a bunch of useful idiots all along the line 
yeah and i, I think that's why on. i answered that hard no earlier about our elected officials being knowledgeable because like i said there probably a lot of them are in on it and maybe know what's going on but i don't know how many of them actually like even know what this leads to you know yep it's like or they think that they're maybe going to get maybe a higher seat at the end of the game or something but hey look as christy you and i know we talked about this when we were together there are winners in communism it's just not going to be you not okay. Be you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say to people. There, yeah, there's winners, but not you. <laughs> so, last question is: How do you think we should combat this? Now, now we, we Christy and I put together a uh, a list of things that we can think about. Um, first, we need to educate the public, especially the youth of our nation, on our constitution and on our God. And that's exactly why Christy and I are doing this podcast. Okay. And that's, you know, there needs to be more, obviously it's not just this podcast, but we need to educate the youth. My grandson, by the way, uh, who'll be 14 in November uh, has listened to our first episodes that we published. And he sent me a text the other day, Poppy, I really love your podcast. I'm learning so much. Nice job. Keep up the good work. Great. <laughs> So, there's hope yet right <laughs> well yeah he's a real smart kid um educate our elected officials and remove those from office who are culpable okay yeah. and there are some here uh, by the way on both sides of the aisle all right yeah and some of our political parties our gops at the state maybe local levels county levels uh are corruptible to a degree and in some cases are falling prey to the tactics of this whole movement, in my opinion, right? A lot of that comes in the the form of tolerance and not wanting to be called names. Yeah, well, you know, uh, making change comes does not come without uh, uh, pain and and risk, right? Yeah. Uh, as we know, our founding fathers risked an awful lot, including their lives. And we are going to do a whole podcast on that. Exit our membership in the United Nations and all these other globalist organizations. Abolish the Federal Reserve. I don't hear anybody in Congress talking about that. They are the bane of all of our economic problems. Of course, spending like drunken sailors too. But the Federal Reserve was culpable in the Depression, uh, you know, pioneered by Roosevelt, but, you know, culpable in the depression. And if you look back over all the different uh, economic calamities we had over the years, the federal reserve is right there. Now what they're doing today is they printed money like drunken sailors, expanded the money supply, which created inflation. That is inflation. And then they said, okay, well now we have to raise interest rates to quell inflation. So wait a minute, you caused inflation. Okay. And now, you know, mortgage rates are over 7%. It just took a whole uh, class of people out of the home market, which is the American dream, and that's gone. And you don't think that's by design? I'm sorry, I, 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 you've got to go a long way to convince me it's not. You mean to tell me, as dumb as we think Biden and some of these other people are, that they don't know the definition of inflation and what expanding the money supply is going to do to this country? You mean to tell me? They're not stupid people. Okay. No. Well, maybe Biden is, but uh, <laughs> but they're not puppet. stupid people. They know what they're yeah. Christy. They know what they're doing, right? Yeah. Um, evolve back to a precious metal type monetary policy, like the gold standard. 
okay? Uh, so we can control our money supply and not let it grow. States nullification of unconstitutional mandates, regulations, and laws, and we have a podcast on that, yes. the nullification effort. I think I think that one's getting released today, if I'm not mistaken. Abolish yeah, unconstitutional agencies. We have a whole episode on that. All these unconstitutional agencies is where you and I are losing our freedoms. And finally, prayer to be brought back and God, of course, into all aspects of society. Okay. And that's, that's the number one is getting God back in the, into everybody's hearts and lives. And but the way I did it, though, I saved the best for last. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the most important piece. Like all this other stuff by nature of some kind of great revival that we got to work towards here is is how and when all these other things start playing out for the better when the hearts change for god back to god so christy i started out by saying communism does not work without lies in this slide here crossed out the word communism and put in globalism does not work without lies okay and the question to ask are socialists the useful idiots of communists and are communists the useful idiots of globalists right let's think about that as we go through so final thoughts, you know, the faith of Christians and, and those who believe in Christianity, uh, you've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as our Trinity. Well, the faith of globalists, it looks like this. The Antichrist, oh, the Antichrist, <laughs> Satan, and false prophets, okay? That is the Trinity, if you will, of, uh, of globalists. So, so Christy, um, that's the end of this. But you know, I think you and I both know that it's going to be a long fight, and it will, the fight will continue after we're probably gone. And hopefully, we can leave a better world for our our grandkids. But our country yeah. is in a perilous position, in my opinion, uh, today. With what's going on, and what our own government is doing exactly what the founders try to prevent with the checks and balances. Because if you think about it. The checks and balances in our Constitution is the one thing that makes our Constitution and our country so different than everybody else. And we are now, we have now blown past the checks and balances by this fourth branch of government, which is now controlled by the executive branch, which means that they write law through regulations. And we are losing it in all different aspects of, uh, of uh, what this, the framers originally established and so uh, yeah and it, it and it seems hopeless when you really start looking at all those details um but it's not you know the the solution is plain it's simple it's not going to be easy to achieve but um we know what needs to be done and like i said getting back to god is the first thing understanding the structure of this because we're going to be governed so understanding the best way to do that and raising better people better children you know teaching them as we should educating them on on these eternal truths so that they can maybe grow up to uh we have to start the fight so that they can take it on and continue it and and hopefully eventually turn things around it's that's the cycle of humanity that's how it always goes and so we're we're on the downward plummet right now but um we just have to keep working toward the turnaround I I have I have hope I, I I hope I have faith in 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 our country, and in some regards I think uh, you know I think Jefferson said that 
uh, freedom always has to be uh, refreshed with with the blood of patriots. And, um, you know, if you think about what Madison said, if men were angels, and we said this before, if men were angels, we wouldn't need a government. Okay. And without morality, uh, our country doesn't work. And right now the people yeah. running it are not moral people in so many different yeah. modes. And, uh, and that's, that, that has to change. Right. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. I think that little by little people are starting to see that um maybe they're not quite sure what to do about that um but there's there's a lot of things to be hopeful about more people are aware which is the start more people are starting to homeschool their kids because they're realizing their school systems are garbage homeschool numbers i believe have doubled since since 2020 um and that's on the rise and you have more people kind of getting involved in local politics um right. For a while there, people were returning to church in pretty big numbers. I'm not sure how that's playing out now, but um, little by little, it's 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 coming around. And um, I'm like I said, I'm hopeful, and I'm going to keep fighting for that hope to my last for my kids and their kids, so that they have a, a chance to have something. Better. Well, you know, when you our last episode, we talked about Stamp Act, right? And it was such a little thing that that got this country into the revolution, and I think we're sitting on a powder keg here in the U.S. and and uh, there's you know I think I think COVID was God's way of saying hey wake up America look look what's going on and and especially when parents got to see what was going on in the classroom through their computer tubes right or called tubes I'm dating myself but their Zoom you know Zoom videos and seeing what their kids had to go through um, and and so uh, things got exposed right uh, as you said you're too busy to take off from work to go in and sit in your kid's classroom. Okay. So, uh, and that's by design, I think some, in some, some regards. So, so there's hope and there's people like you, uh, and me and others that we all know and your whole, you know, uh, salt and light group, for example, that are fighting a good fight and, uh, we need to continue the fight. So this is episode 11, which is really our 12th. Um, and we will, uh, continue to create these podcasts as we go through and hopefully this is educational for everybody uh and uh, we'd be really interested to have you guys uh contact us and let us know what you think because uh uh you can get me at mark uh Deluzio at gmail and uh you can uh write a comment in our in our uh our website, which is 1787solution.com. Go right in there and write a comment. Uh, and by the way, we all know 1787 is when we ratify the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So let's hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think about this subject because it's a hot topic. And many may not agree. Many may think we're, as you said earlier, black helicopter people with uh, <laughs> with aluminum uh, uh uh antennas uh, around our heads at night so uh christy i think it was a good episode thanks for your input on this one and uh we'll see you next time so christy tyrone from prescott valley arizona mark deluzio from scottsdale arizona we will see you next time thanks christy bye thanks for listening to the constitution solution one podcast under god you can find other episodes on our website at 1787solution.com 
YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're your hosts, Christy Tyrone and Mark Deluzio. Until next time, may God bless you and may God bless America.